Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. And uh, stopping by the Canasada this week is uh, Nicole Shayet Singer, VP of comms for the Los Angeles Dodgers. But before we get to her, want to let you know that our good friends at Bet Online are presenting this episode of the Bleed Los Podcast. There are partners, of course, that continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, NBA. Uh, dubs and six, by the way. I don't care what anyone says. Northerners, Southerners, all that stuff. Dubs and six. Uh, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, and of course, Major League Baseball, fighting, everything. They have it all, NFL Futures. Check them out. Super easy to join. Head to their website today, which is betonline.ag. And uh, you can use your mobile device, computer, whatever you have, and uh, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get your bonus and get into all that action. Bet online where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for presenting this week's episode. But like I said, stopping by the Carnasada is uh, the one and only Nicole Singer. She is the VP of Communications for the Dodgers. Uh, in my opinion, the most, some of the more important people of any sports org, regardless of level, because uh, that's how you hear all those stories and all that good stuff that, uh, that you know, the tutorial, I'm sorry, the, 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 you know, 30 for 30, all that jazz it usually comes from someone in communications, but either way, Nicole, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, like I told you earlier, this is my first podcast. I'm usually setting these up for players or other executives. So I'm excited to join you all for this. No, absolutely. We're stoked that you're joining us and that we're uh, that we're your first rodeo. So we'll we'll take that all day. <laughs> and you'll go easy on me, I know. So. That's that's Good. the hope. We're just gonna throw some softball stuff. Let the people <laughs> you know 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 how you guys work. I mean, I'll be honest. Comms people. If anyone ever t- disrespects comms people, or they're the, you know, like you know, when you hear a, a a pitcher standing up for his team and throwing at someone, that's how I am with comms people. Because if it wasn't for you guys, we don't hear anything. So with that said, you obviously get a lot of communications requests. I'm just curious, how busy is your inbox? (laughs) My inbox is pretty busy. I actually turned it off for this uh, episode so that it doesn't, you know, make a lot of noise for you all. But um, it's all, honestly, it's it's great. The amount of um, messages that I'm getting just about different initiatives that we're working on. And um, there's a lot of opportunity working for the Dodgers. And that's why I was so excited to come on board and and um, accept this position because I, I feel like the sky's the limit with such a globally recognized brand. And um, me, I'm, I'm Mexican as well. So I know that that's a huge component um, 
of the fan base. And I'm just very excited to be here and to be working on everything for the Dodgers. Well, and as you know, we're Mexicans. Uh, it, it may be maybe not obvious with our, uh, as Juan says, he's pigmentally challenged. I can't say that word. I'm sorry. I, I have Spanish, you know, conquistador blood in me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize enough. I have oppressor blood in me. What do you want from my life? That's why you don't eat flour tortillas, because then if you do, then you continue the tradition of pain. Oh, we'll get into that with Nicole, but we'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but with that, I, I was kind of curious. You know, there, there's been I know there's been a lot of attention on Julio Diaz, a lot of attention, a lot of media requests, all that good stuff. Um, you know, with with trying to get kind of, you know, I don't want to say narrative, but, you know, because you obviously in comms, your whole thing is not only to get the info out as mm-hmm. efficiently and as concise as possible, but you also want to get profiles done on players. You want to get you know, kind of eyes on them. And let's be honest with this Dodgers team. It's not hard to get eyes on them because they're all superstars. Let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. But with a guy like Julio Diaz, you get a lot of international attention as well. How do you kind of balance that to also cater to this fan base, which is here, but they're all over the world. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, Something that we started just this year again, um, I believe it did happen a few years ago is a monthly Hispanic press conference, because as you say, there, there's a lot of media, not just in Mexico, but um, in Latin America and even um, in Europe that I know is interested in covering baseball and covering the Dodgers. So our very first one in April featured Julio and um, it was great. We had a ton of media on and, and we just won, we just did one this uh, past week with Gratterall and we're going to continue these going forward. So that really gives us an opportunity to make sure that all of the media is able to ask their questions because unfortunately a lot of them can't be in LA or can't travel to an away game. And just because they either don't have the resources or don't have the time to go, we want to make sure that they're able to cover our team and our players and get the stories out there um, because there are some great stories to tell. Hey, hey Nicole, uh, you mentioned it. So are you were born in Mexico? So I was actually born in San Diego. Um, my father is from Mexico city. My mother is from Monterey. And when you meet me, I think you'll be very surprised because I'm very tall. So I confuse a lot of people. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost six feet tall. And, uh, you know, I hate the stereo, what people think of the stereotypical Mexican. I, I find that silly because my, I mean, as an example, my uncle who lives in Monterey and his kids, they've lived there their, their, their entire lives. And he's six foot five. My cousin's six foot four. They have red hair and blue eyes. And, you know, they get, spoken to in English every day almost, and uh, they were born and raised there. So yes, I do speak fluent Spanish and um, probably I would, my mother's entire family lives in Mexico still and half of my father's family is in Mexico and half is in San Diego. But I spent a lot of time there in the summers growing up. Okay, so since you spent a lot of time there, we had the maestro uh, Jaime Harin on the show, and he told us that the Dodgers were the most popular baseball team in Mexico over the Yankees. Is that still true? Yes, I can without a doubt say that. In my opinion, I, I agree. I mean, especially in Monterey, Mexico, it's baseball's huge there. And when I told my cousins that I accepted this job, they were so excited. They were asking me when we were coming to play there and giving me all these ideas of what we could do and um, to work with, you know, the media there or different teams. And um, yeah, I mean, baseball, I think the Dodgers are huge there. I think it's, it's great that baseball is growing so much in Mexico as a whole. Um, and I think the Dodgers have a great opportunity to, to really uh, 
gain some traction there. Some more traction. <laughs> we already have a lot, but even more. Oh, I mean, I mean, last year we celebrated the 40 year anniversary of Fernando Mania. So I know that a lot of the Dodgers popularity was because of Fernando, but we're talking about 40 years now. So is the love of the Dodgers in Mexico something that was just passed down and now has become generational? Or is it just because of the team's recent success that uh, Mexican fans have embraced the Dodgers? I, I personally think it is generational. Um, you know, Fernando is Fernando. Everyone, everyone in Mexico knows who he is. He's incredible what he did for the sport and um, for the Dodgers in Mexico. But, I mean, like I said, my uncle and my family, they, they've been Dodger fans for a long time, and it just got passed on to, to my cousins who grew up there. Um, so I think it is, it's an activity, too. I know that a lot of people that when they travel from Mexico to L.A., they want to go to a game. Um, and I actually have, speaking of, I have some friends that are coming in for July 4th and immediately he asked me if they could come to a game. And that's just to, to see it as an attraction aside from Disneyland and everything else that there is in LA for people to say, okay, when I go there, I need to go to Dodger stadium and I need to go to a game. I think that's incredible. And it just speaks to how um, big the brand is over there and, and you know the excitement surrounding the team as well in, in the current season. And, and that's one of the things that I like about sports. I think it's particular also in baseball is that generational thing that you were talking about. Al Alonzo and I are mortal enemies because he's an American, Americanista and I'm a, Chiv a Chivas fan. But I'm a Chivas fan only because my father was a yeah. Chivas fan. It's not that I follow it close enough. I mean, if you ask me if I have a team in, in Liga Mexico who I root for, I'm going to say Chivas because of my father. The same way with baseball. He grew up watching Fernando Valenzuela, and why he was watching it was because there was a Mexican pitching. So because of that, we, I mean, I grew up, I was raised in Orange County. People say, why aren't you an Angel fan? And I'm just like, because of Fernando Valenzuela. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that it's very similar to soccer. I mean, I came from the soccer world, or football, as we should say. Um, that's right. Thank you. I appreciate that, Nicole. You called it by the real name. That's, that's, know, right? she, she's good, Juan. She's yeah, good. She's good. She's good. <laughs> Well, that's a whole other conversation of who, what teams we support. But, um, but it's similar to that. I mean, in England, you know, if you're a Chelsea fan, if your parents were, you're a Chelsea fan, your kids are Chelsea fans. I know it just gets passed on. And it's, it, I feel like what I've seen also from Dodger fans in Mexico is that when their kids are born or their friends have babies, they immediately buy um, some of the merchandise and put, put their, their babies in, in the clothing and take pictures and want to share it with everyone. So um yeah, it's, it's, I think it's very unique and it's very special and it's something for people to come together as a family to watch, you know, a Dodger game or a, hopefully a playoff game and whatnot. So it, it's a fun activity that the whole family can enjoy, I would say. Go ahead, Alicia. Absolutely. Okay, so just want to make sure we we, we uh, reiterate your title, Madam sure. President. Madam Vice President, rather, <laughs> because this is so epic. It's so badass. And I just want to say thank you for coming on. I um, instantly became a fan when the news broke. And I have a very dear friend. She works for Sports Business Journal. And this is how excited, and she's based in Colorado. She texted me immediately when they were going to release your story saying, did you hear? And I said, I did. Well, see, like you getting this gig is bigger than just, you know, um, well, 
I do love baseball, but it is as big as baseball. And that's so awesome that you're here in LA and you're a Mexicana and you're bilingual. And I can tell that you have like enthusiasm for the fans because I've been called, you know, a homer. Surprise. <laughs> and um, I just, I just want people to understand how special it is to go to a Dodger game to be a Dodger fan. And and I'm not putting me above any other fans. I just want to give love to my city, my team, and our fans. And so just hearing you and seeing your tweets and stuff, I just want to give you a big hug and welcome to Los Angeles, to the Dodgers family, because it is a big deal, especially to women who love sports and who have worked in sports. So welcome, Mujer, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. I mean, I, like I said, when the opportunity came about, um, I, I was so excited. I was actually pregnant. Um, so I have three kids and um, I was pregnant when they approached me to interview. Um, and I thought to myself, oh, you know, I, I was going to deliver twins in December and I thought, oh, there's no way I can do it. But maybe maybe I can figure it out. And, you know, the timing just worked out. And of course, my my boys are now almost six months old. But of course, it would have been great if it were you know, six months after I delivered, but I couldn't <laughs> know to the opportunity. I mean, I've worked in sports for so long and the Dodgers being the Dodgers, I, like I said earlier, it's just an amazing opportunity to really grow the brand and the sky's the limit. And with the fan base, it's just so exciting. I love, I mean, as you know, our offices are here at Dodger stadium and every day that we have a game and you see the enthusiasm of people walking in and um, just all the different events we have going on. It, it's very exciting. And for me, it's obviously my first year here. So I get to experience everything for the first time, which is which has been really great so far. And, you, and so again, welcome. And tell us a little bit about your journey. I, so I know why I love sports and why I wanted to work in this industry because of my father and that whole generational thing. And there was no way I could be anything but a Dodger fan because we've been going to the game since I was in my mom's belly. So what about you? Did you want to work in sports? Did it happen in college or tell yeah. us for all our little, our little mijitas out there, what, what, what got you going in, in this industry? Sure. So I actually, I will say I grew up a Dodger or a Padre fan. Sorry, um, because oh, I was. Oh, no, oh, oh. Hey, we're gonna have to shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down right now. Right now. We're done with the interview. Yeah. I gotta go. Shut it down. We gotta but, go. But of course, I am. Any team that I work for, that is the team that I'm a fan of. Um, so, and I did work for the Padres for a year. But um, when I was 11, um, I don't even remember how, but I was given through school. I think it was, it, it was it, the first person to come with a parent to um, the office gets two free tickets to a Padres game. And my mom, honestly, she, if she ever listens to this, she'll be sad that I said this, but she was always late to pick me up. Always late. And for some reason, she was actually on time that day. And I had never been to a Padre game um, in person. We had been to other sporting events in Mexico, but never to a Padre game in person in San Diego. And she was on time and I went to the office and the tickets were still available. So she went with me to the game and I instantly fell in love um, with the Padres and just baseball as a whole. And I remember waking up every day at 5, 5.30 a.m., especially in 98 um, when we sadly lost to the Yankees in the World Series. But um, I, waking up every morning to go get the San Diego Union Tribune and read it front to back, you know, the entire sports section, because 
really in San Diego, it was just the Padres and there was no other sports team, you know, the Chargers. But at that time, the Padres were Damn, just so the bad. disrespect to the Chargers. Right, I don't even get me started on the Chargers. <laughs> she, she's redeeming herself, Juan. She's right, redeeming yeah. herself. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the Padres were so good then. So I would read it front to back and I just fell in love with baseball. And I knew from then on out that I wanted to work in sports. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. To be honest, I didn't really know what communications was. Um, so when I was in college, I, I did study communications and I minored in sports management. And um, the summer before my senior year, I was able to get an internship with uh, Fox Sports with Chris Myers in L.A. And, um, you know, when I was there, I was thinking, how can I get more experience? What can I do to learn more about the sport? And my motto has always been, what's the worst that can happen? They say no. Right. So right. I went up to Chris and I said, hey, if I fund myself, you know, if I if I pay my way to the World Series in Colorado, it was when the Red Sox played um, the Rockies in Colorado. If I pay my way, can I go and get a credential and just shadow you or help in any way? And he said, yeah, as long as, you know, you you're able to get a ticket um, like a plane ticket and pay for a hotel. That's no problem. So actually, my brothers live in Denver and I knew I could stay with them for free and I got a cheap ticket. And um, so anyways, I went to Colorado and I was on the field when the Red Sox won and I was able to help them get Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz to go do the interviews with Fox. And that was really my first exposure to what PR was um, in a way. And um, from then, I, I actually saw on the Padres website that they were looking for a marketing associate. So I applied and I worked there in 2008. And when I was there, I just became very close. Um, there's someone named Ryan Isaac. He no longer works in baseball, but um, he was uh, the assistant to Kevin Towers, who uh, no longer is with us. But um, he was amazing, Kevin, and, um, and the whole baseball operations department at the Padres. And I really... Ryan took me under his wing and really showed me the ropes um, of how a baseball team operates. And um, while I was there, the World Baseball Classic in New York was looking to hire someone for the World Baseball Classic to be in charge of Team Mexico. And of course, to me, that was it was a sign. I said, I have to apply for that. Um, and they recommended me. And I'd never I'd been to New York once. Um, I never in a million years thought I would live in New York because I'm such a California girl at heart. Um, and so I, I was able to get that position. Um, and what I thought would be six months in New York ended up being 13 years. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I moved to New York to be uh, running the show for uh, on the operation side for mm -hmm. Mexico in the um, World Baseball Classic in 09. And actually, um, Adrian Gonzalez was on the team and Vinny Castillo was the manager then. We had mm. quite a few big names um, from the baseball world. And um, I mean, stop me at any time because I have a lot. No, a lot. Like, this is your, this is awesome. This is <laughs> it's a testament to being passionate about something and going for it. Right. Like you yeah. weren't afraid to ask questions. You weren't afraid to ask for what you wanted. And I think that's an awesome lesson to share. And. Mm -hmm. I love that the Dodgers came to you and you were in pregnant with twins, had to make the move and, but you're still closer to your family now. And now yes. you're, you're celebrate, you're, you're around a lot more of a, well, I would say better tacos than New York. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> I completely agree that the Mexican food scene and in New York is not great. Um, they really, I, whoever can figure that out will make a lot of money because it's Thank lacking. Um, <laughs> although I, when I worked for the, so I, after the world baseball classic, I ended up, um, 
the Padres, the people I knew from the Padres recommended me to the Mets. They were looking for a media relations coordinator and um, they wanted someone bilingual. Um, and so I interviewed and honestly, I was shocked that they hired me. I, I sometimes I don't give myself enough credit. I'm not, I'm good at doing PR for other people, but I don't <laughs> necessarily like to talk about myself that much. Um, so yeah, when I was working for the Mets, I, I will say there was better food around uh, City Field in the Queens area, of course. Right. But um I, but yes, it, it, it was it was a good. I had more fun with the Mets fans. I've seen the Dodgers play both, all three stadiums, Yankees, one and two, and Mets. And the Mets fans were so much more fun. Even the, the train ride, the experience. Yeah, and- the seven train. I lived on that seven train for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but was- you're back. You're back. And and thank you for being an ambassador for a California girl in New York. We appreciate that. But we're good. Good to have you home, girl. It's good to have you home. Um, I want to ask one more thing. Since you are back home and since the Dodgers fans do fill up the stadium the way they do, is there something that caught your attention or you were surprised or just like wowed by about Dodger Stadium? Because it is a destination now. It is. I just met a woman from New Mexico. I was at a Dodger game a few nights ago, and she traveled here just to watch the Dodgers play. And I thought that was awesome. Her boyfriend brought her. So what what is it about Dodger Stadium? I mean, it's not just the product and how amazing the, the fellas are on the field, right? Like, what is it about Dodger Stadium or the Dodger fans? Yeah, I mean, a few things to say there. One, I mean, the Dodger fans are incredible. Like I said before, they have so much enthusiasm and, and genuinely walking around. And you you get excited just from being amongst all these other fans, truthfully, um, especially on opening night. It was opening day. It was incredible um, seeing the place packed. And I'm very excited for tomorrow night, Pride night. I think it's going to be incredible. Um, I think we have a sellout crowd on hand, so that'll be wonderful. But the enthusiasm, the excitement, people are genuinely there because they – they want to experience everything. So it's not just about the game, but the center field plaza, I actually hadn't been there the last time before I started this position. Um, the last time I was here was in 2018. So it was before the renovations uh-huh. and it's incredible what they've done there. Very impressive. Janet Marie Smith is incredible. Um, also, I know, yeah, you spoke to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what they've done there is wonderful and just walking around, taking it all in. But but it's just, you know, Dodger Stadium has been around for so long that it's such an institution and it it is a destination, as you say. And you you feel this, I don't know how to explain it. It's just you feel something special when you walk around. It's not mm-hmm. like a brand new stadium that feels very corporate. It's just a the wonderful, history. you know, old school place that they've made new school in a way. Um, and I, I really love it. Everyone. I love it. And uh, you know what, guys, I'm going to have to follow up with what are your thoughts on the wave? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I, I like the wave. I, I don't hate it, right? I don't hate it, but there are some people who hate it. <laughs> I know. I know. It's controversial. I, I grew up doing the wave. What can I say? I mean, yeah. love right. it or hate it. I think it's, uh, it's fun. I think for people that maybe are not diehard baseball fans that come out, they remember those moments, you know, oh, when the wave was going on and it went around the, the stadium right. for 10 consecutive times. I don't know. It's just a thing that people remember. I, I think if, if I feel like if if a lot of people are joining in and having a good time, then 
who yeah. are we? But I think, was it Alonso or Juan? You guys had some parameters for the wave. Like, never while the our team could be losing or I forgot. No, no, that, that was Alana Rizzo. You're yeah. confusing oh, us Alana Rizzo. <laughs> Alana Rizzo was personally offended when we brought up the wave. That's and- right. Yeah, she was completely triggered. So I don't know if it was some tragic accident that befell her during the wave, but she has some strong feelings about the wave. So if you guys want to know what her feelings are, go back and check our episode with Alana Rizzo. And and what you'll take away from it is that she was triggered by the wave. Uh, And she was, but I mean, listen, I, Juan and I, I mean, we kind of differ on it to a certain degree. I'm cool with it as long as the team isn't losing. That's kind of how I take it. That's what I thought. It was as long as they're not losing. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I, I agree. There's a time and a place for everything. Um, and I mean, I have to be honest, I don't, I haven't noticed it that much or at all if this year when we're losing. So perhaps I don't maybe know. they hurt us. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're all, listening. all the fans are listening to your podcast. They know. <laughs> so, that's, yeah. that's the hope. All three of those people told yeah. all their homies and then that way they stopped the wave. So I mean, that's <laughs> the win right there. Exactly. Yes. No, but there is a time and a place. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nicole Singer, VP of communications for the, the your Los Angeles Dodgers are uh, joining us uh, here in the Cadena I, I want to ask you something because you and I are fortunate enough to work in pro sports. And I feel like it's something that we take for granted sometimes. Your office actually happens to be at the stadium. As you know, some most pro, steam, pro teams don't have their offices at the stadium. It's somewhere off site. New York FC, your, your alma mater. <laughs> that's that's the perfect situation. Uh how does it feel for you when you kind of show up to a place like Dodger Stadium? You just kind of hyped it up, right? But you also realize that you're not just showing up to a game. You're actually going to work there every single day. How wild is that for you? I think it's it's so cheesy, but it is true that like if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life, right? And obviously, it's a lot of work, um, but... I, I, I enjoy it so much. I, I really, really love what I do. I love sports PR. I love all sports. Um, and the excitement of every day driving in here and, you know, it's LA, the weather is always beautiful. So, you know, nine nine out of a hundred times when you drive in, the sun's going to be shining and the palm trees are lit up and the stadium just looks beautiful. So, um, it's, it's a very, nice feeling. I don't dread going to work ever. Um, (laughs) and, yeah, I mean, being here, yes, the games are going on, but I, I, I don't know. I, it feels like I'm just like right now. There's a game tonight at seven in six hours, right? Less than six hours, and I, I am preparing everything for the game, and then I get to go enjoy it, and you know, hopefully we win. Um, so there's, it's just exciting. I don't know how else to say it. Maybe I'm too positive, but I very no. much. <laughs> no, I think that's the perfect summation because, uh, again, I think to a certain degree, because it's such a grind, you know, working in sports, yeah. that's the one thing people don't realize that you yes. sometimes it's it's OK to take a step back and kind of, oh, I work at a stadium. Sick. Yeah. Um, you also say another thing I say is, you know, at the end of the day, we're not we're not saving lives. Right. We're right. not we're not doctors. We, we work in sports and entertainment. So we we have we take it seriously, but we have to have fun along the way, too. We can't just be very serious at all times um and ha- having fun with it it's it's amazing we we're so lucky that we get to walk out the door of the office and see the stadium and or go have lunch you know in the press box yeah. and you get to just your view is the stadium and the field yeah. 
No, hundred percent. I've always wanted to ask this because I've asked uh, uh, some of the other comms people, and all the answers have been kind of different. Uh, one of your jobs is obviously to help coordinate, like the room that I'm in, the media room after the game, and after uh, after a, a tough loss. I know that's a that's a tough one because if it's not you, it's somebody else that you send to. Let's just as an example, not to throw anyone under the bus. Uh, hey, Freddie, they need you in the media room. Uh, how I know that part of the job can be a little cumbersome, especially after a bad loss, but even more so in the playoffs. Uh, so I was just kind of curious that part of your job. How do you navigate that? Yeah, I mean, look, these guys are all professionals. They've been doing this for a long time. And even the the younger players, they learn from older players that have been around. Um, so it's never easy. But I think that also shows the character of the players that are going out there and talking about the tough loss, where whether it's in the regular season or the playoffs. Of course, of course the playoffs is m- much more difficult. But in the regular season, I think it does help that there's so many games um, and – and, um, you know, if you're generally playing well, it makes it a little easier. But again, we we're lucky that we have great players on the team um, and they are they're not difficult at all. Um, they understand that it's their job, too, and they, they have to respond to tough questions. And um, it comes it comes with the job, you know. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. And I'm going to ask this, even though it's it's ahead of when Juan is going to ask it at the end of the show. Uh, but I'm just curious. In New York, did you actually ever have good Mexican food? You can be completely honest and totally disrespect <laughs> the Tri-County area. I, I will well, allow it. They did open a new taco place. I think it's called Tacos Numero Uno um, in Tribeca in Manhattan. Um, they did open one and it was the most authentic Mexican taco place I had found. And of course they opened it a few months before we left New York. Um, <laughs> but um, I think it actually started in Chelsea market. Um, and then they opened an outpost in, in um, Tribeca, but it was pretty good. It was street tacos. You know, was the a- hot sauce actually hot though? Cause the one thing I've experienced no. at all the New York, New York <laughs> spots, the hot sauce is not hot. I agree with you. That's funny. I, I'm a hot sauce connoisseur. There's actually yeah. a fun fact, perhaps you know this, there is a hot sauce convention in New York every yes. year. Okay. Yeah. I, I've definitely gone to that um, and have tried different hot sauces and purchased some. Um, but no, for the most part, no, it's, it's, I'm very happy to be here and I eat Mexican food probably four or five times a week. Well, I mean, listen, no, no knock on New York. You have great Cuban and Puerto Rican food and all that stuff. Yeah. Puerto Rican food great. I I actually, when I, when I was working at the Mets, um, I worked closely with Carlos Beltran, who's Puerto Rican and um, got introduced to some wonderful Puerto Rican food there. And there's, I'm forgetting the name of it. I I have to remember, but there's a great place that um, we used to order from all the time. The players, the away teams usually would request it too. Mm-hmm. Um, that provides some wonderful Puerto Rican food. So, uh, yeah. I no, and that, that leads into my next question before I toss it to Juan. Uh, what do you call beans in Spanish? <laughs> Me? Frijoles. Okay. Uh, that's the only word. So for our Puerto Rican friends, Jorge Castillo, uh, apologies for not having time for you. Uh, it's frijoles. We had him on a while ago, and I legitimately thought he wanted to throw hands because we didn't call him Iberichuelas. Yeah. It's, it's bro. It's, like, you are you also going to call a pen a boligrafo? No, it's frijoles. <laughs> well, also, what do you call a pool, like a pool that you swim in? What do you Una call alberca? it? Exactly. But everyone's like, no, piscina, piscina. Yeah. Even my, my husband's not Mexican. He's a real New Yorker. And, you know, he speaks 
school Spanish, what they teach yeah. him. <laughs> it's very proper. Um, and he'll, he, he actually, to give him credit, he's probably 90% fluent now because I've made him speak, but um, he'll, he'll use the proper Spanish words. And I'm like, no, come on. It's, it's alberca, not yeah. piscina. <laughs> yeah, no, if you ever hear someone say piscina, they're probably not Mexican. Let's just be 100% honest. I agree. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, Nicole, um, so just real quick, if yeah. your children ever had a boy band, would they be known as the Chayette Singers? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Two shows nightly at the Pacoima Hilton. <laughs> my husband, I, I'm going to have to have my husband listen to this. So uh, he would be, he would say no. I would probably have to say they have to be the singers. One time we went on a trip and they, they addressed him as Mr. Chayette <laughs> to my husband. Wow. So he was like, great, this is what happens when you don't change your last name. But um, uh, I'll, I'll ask him and see what he has to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great name, the Chayette Singers. But I want to go back to your days uh, down in San Diego. Yeah. In particular, that 98 World Series that yeah. you're talking about. Any opportunity I get to speak about Tony Gwynn, I'm going to oh. take it. Because to me, yeah. that guy was, you know, you have guys like Ichiro afterwards, but to me, Tony Gwynn was, he, he's just an idol, even though he, he played for the Padres. I, 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 he might have been, I mean, I know it was the tail end of your career, but you might have been too young to really appreciate, appreciate him. But what are your thoughts on Tony Gwynn? Can you please school our listeners about how Mr. Padre, uh, how good he was? He, I, it's funny that you bring this up because I, who was I talking to about this? I think this was at spring training and I might, might've talked to Dave Roberts about this or someone else, but Tony Gwynn to me, he was one of the best players of all time in baseball. And I think that if he were in any other market or let me preface that, like uh, in New York or LA or a bigger market, he would be someone that everyone talks about on a, you know, on a daily basis, he, he was incredible for not just the fan base, but the community and what he did in the city. But I mean, in 90, throughout his career in San Diego, I mean, he, he was just, I'll put it this way. I, I've worked with so many athletes, so many celebrities throughout my career. I never get starstruck ever. I mean, I, I've worked with everyone. When I met Tony Gwynn, I was, I, I just, I could barely speak. I was so excited to meet him because he was my idol, honestly, growing up as a Padre fan. So him and Trevor Hoffman, but more Tony Gwynn. Those are the only two people that I've ever been like, wow, I'm so excited to meet you. Um, and he was just an incredible player. And it's so sad that he passed away so young, but and that more people didn't know about him. I think that, um, you know, diehard baseball fans really did. But, um, you know, he, he, he was up there, in my opinion, with Derek Jeter. And Derek Jeter, as you know, gets a lot of coverage on a daily basis and Tony Gwynn just never got as much coverage as he deserved in my opinion. Uh, you know, it's so interesting that you say that because I, I think that is a perfect example of who benefited from playing in a market. Uh, I mean, uh, this is not to take anything away from Derek Jeter. I know he just joined Twitter, uh, but <laughs> here, here, here's the thing I, I, for me, it's not even close uh, Tony Gwynn and Derek Jeter. To me, Tony Gwynn should be spoken of the way people speak of Derek Jeter. And the fact that he played in San Diego is unfortunate. But let me ask you this. The sh when you were working for the show pods, did they rent their uniforms? Is there a reason why every year they had a new uniform? I mean, what was wrong with, what was wrong with the UPS Brown? 
Uh, Honestly, the the UPS brown and the orange, I thought it had the pinstripes one. I thought that was their best uniform. I don't. Why? Why did they keep changing their uniform down there? I didn't realize it was Festivus, by the way. Like you're just letting all it's for the rest of us. Okay, (laughs) for the rest of us. I, I can't comment on that. You know, I don't want to offend anyone in San Diego. <laughs> all right. Then let's offend all the Charger fans who you just offended when you said San Diego only had one, well, one team. I, I did grow up. I grew up a very big Charger fan as well, honestly. And I was very sad when they left. I, I, if you ask anyone who grew up a Charger fan, everyone's sad. Um, you know, it, it's sad that there's no professional NFL team in San Diego anymore. And the Charger, Charger fans were diehards too. I mean, the amount of Charger tattoos that you still see in San Diego is intense. So it, it's sad that they left. Um, but I, I was a very big Charger fan too. But ju- the Padres were my first love, truthfully. They really were. Um, and I remember when we lost, and I remember exactly where I was watching the last out of the World Series in 98 and how sad I was that they lost um so yeah that's why i I say the padres above the chargers (laughs) i mean look you can say whatever you want about the chargers i'm a raiders fan so you can bash the chargers Uh all you want but talking about rivalries i do want to get into your background you coming from mls and in particular working for the new york city football club Uh uh-huh i'm a fan of lafc uh alicia also is a fan of lafc (laughs) here uh, our producer's a fan of the Galaxia, so, uh, you know, he's a diehard uh, Carson fan. You know, go Carson. Can you talk about, uh, to me, I, I'm i rooting for MLS. I, I, The fact that what LAFC was able to do here in Los Angeles, literally going into neighborhoods and building a, a fan base as quickly as they can, and that is a rabid fan base. Say, I so saw I want MLS to succeed. When you were working for New York City uh, Football Club, is that the same way they built it? I mean, please tell me that football, real football, will survive in this country. I think it will. I mean, it's growing tremendously. It takes time, you know. Um, and it, I, I don't have to tell you guys, but it's the, it's the global sport at the end of the day, soccer, football, football uh, dominates <laughs> <laughs> globally. So, um, I do think it's growing tremendously. For me, it was very exciting being at NYCFC because I joined um, in October of 2015. So it was right at the end of the the first season, the inaugural season and playing at Yankee Stadium. And, um, you know, of course, NYCFC has the backing of City Football Group, which definitely helps with Man City. But um, but even just in my six years there, seeing how much the club grew and how much attention New York is a tough market, similar to LA, but I think more extreme. There are so many teams sports is, you know, King there as as a whole, it's just, everyone cares about sports. So to break through the noise of the Yankees, the Mets, you know, the giants, the jets, every other sports team, and to actually get people to pay attention and become a fan is, is hard work. Um, And I, I really did see, especially this last year, how much, um, how much traction the sport was was gaining in New York and you know NYCFC won the cup too which is great and I think that really helped bring soccer <laughs> uh, front and center especially in New York because other teams weren't performing well then um but um yeah I do I do think football is is growing a lot and I, it's very impressive to see what the European teams are also doing here in the U.S. to grow their fan bases I think it's very smart there's a big opportunity there and I know that 
you know, people are waking up early at 4 a.m. to go watch Premier League games, too. Um, so hopefully MLS, uh, MLS is growing a lot. I know they're doing a lot. I don't have to tell you you're involved too. You see what's going on, but, um, they're growing a lot and it's exciting because, um, you know, football, football's a very fun sport and with the world cup coming up, I, I think hopefully the U S performs well. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we do well, although I'll be rooting for Mexico too. Yeah. Nice. Before I hand it over to Alicia, I just want to ask you, what is the difference between your role in communications and public relations? It's really one and the same, honestly. Um, So I oversee the whole department and uh, I don't know how familiar you are with everyone that works here, but Joe Jarek has been here for a while. He's he's great. He really knows the Dodgers inside and out. Juan Dorado um, is incredible with the players. He's really like our player relations liaison. He he can convince anyone to do anything. It's, it's wonderful. And then Ali, um, she started a couple of years ago. She probably is the one you speak to the most in terms of credentials and whatnot, but she's really helping me with so many other things. We really want to be more proactive um, on the Dodgers because, yes, of course, everyone knows our brand, but there's a big opportunity, like I said earlier, in, inter- in the international market. And I really want to try and get just the way that football, the European football teams, what they're doing here in the US, I want to try and do that and replicate that and make the Dodgers a household name in Europe too, or in, you know, Latin America, everywhere. Um, So um, yeah, there's a big opportunity and that's, we're all collectively working together to, uh, to grow the brand. So my tocayo Juan Dorado will be able to convince Julio to come on your on our show is hey, what you're saying. Right? I can talk to him too. Between us, we, we can get. Have you had Julio on or no? No, we'd love to have him on. <laughs> we are. This podcast stands for Julio. I mean, we. Well, we'll work on that. Well, you know, we'd love to have him on. So the yeah, invitation is out there. Spanish. If it's in Spanish, we're good. Yeah, yeah. We, we've all- done we've done interviews like with Diego Cartaya and Miguel Vargas just in Spanish. Okay. And yes. with Jaime Harrin, the majority of it was in Spanish also. Maybe, maybe we can get you a couple of players at the same time and do, you know, so they each get a few minutes, 10 minutes or whatever it is. And that way it doesn't. Take it's like time. we told Edwin Rios. If he, if they want to bring the party to the, uh, to the podcast, we will allow them to bring the party to the podcast because you know what, what do Latinos like to do? Party. That's why it's a carnazada. Exactly. Love it. Go, go ahead, Alicia. That's right. No, I'm enjoying this party talk. I don't want to interrupt it. Um, I wanted to just touch base on something you just said about growing the brand. So I recently just spent time in your family's uh, homeland, the motherland. I was in Mexico City for uh, about six days, and it was my third time this year. I love the city. I counted just this last trip, 12 Dodger hats. I'm that nerd, right? I get excited when I see another Dodger fan, especially, you know, uh, uh, internationally. And... I also saw children wearing King's hats, Los Angeles King's Mm -hmm. hats. So I remember reading about that in the Times. I started asking questions. And yeah, they're these little ones, like five and six years old, are part of the King's outreach trying to grow hockey in the city. And so any plans for that? Are we going to have camps for kids? Are we going to see the Dodgers play in Mexico City or anything that you can (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I know that's not just our decision in the sense of like playing in Mexico City. That's an MLB initiative. They drive that. But um, yeah, I hope so. I mean, they everyone knows that baseball is very important in Mexico. And I know that um, it's a big priority for MLB. So 
if if we do play there, I will be the first to let you know. <laughs> well, a couple of years ago, they played in Monterrey. Yep, I know. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. My my cousins actually won, so <laughs> I did oh, not go to that game. But um, yeah, I, I yes, I hope so, and that that is our goal. And um, I truthfully, I speak with the Hispanic media very frequently in Mexico. We actually, as an example, had Univision fly out from Mexico City last week to do an interview with Fernando that will air soon. And it wasn't necessarily about his playing days. It was more, what is he doing now and how he works with the team and how excited he's about All-Star and actually about Julio, right? Because he's an amazing Mexican pitcher in the future of baseball. So, um, you know, everyone knows what Fernando did in his playing days, but it's what is he doing now and how can he be an ambassador for the Dodgers and for, you know, baseball as a whole too. So, yes, more to come. Definitely. There you go, Alicia. She queued it up for you. She threw you a softball. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. <laughs> she brought well, up Valenzuela. We, she did. She brought up. What is the whole purpose of our podcast? <laughs> we want Valenzuela's jersey retired. retired. I know you have no control <laughs> over this, Nicole. Yes. You just got here too, so we can't really take it out. Yeah, we no, can't no, take no, it no, out no, on you. You're putting me on the you spot. Take it here. easy on yeah, we're, we're, Look, we know we want Stan on the show. We want to hear it from Stan directly, but we just need to let you know that there's a lot of fans, and I think you see it. You know, we even Edwin when we had Edwin Rios on the show, he a Puerto Rican guy told us, "Hey, the majority of our fans are Mexican." Right. You see that stadium. I know the figures are maybe like 50 percent of the stadium, but everybody that we bring on the show I mean, feels like exactly. And because you have it, nobody wears the number. Nobody wears 34. You guys are going to be retiring Gil Hodges shortly. It's just like, come on. I mean, it's what the people want. If you're not going to give out the number. Just we need a shrine for what that guy did because he brought a lot of Latino fans to the Dodgers organization. He, no, he did. I will. We can talk about this on episode two. <laughs> good answer. Well, she's, good. Answer. she's good. Did you see what she did there? She did. She, that's you, called. You are very called, good. I see what. You, yeah, very good. In the business, that's called a pivot. And she yeah. uh, she she did that great. Uh, one, before we set you loose, uh, Nicole uh, Singer, VP of Comms for the Dodgers, joining us for a few more minutes. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the All Star Game. All Star yeah. Game is a big deal. Obviously, it's in Los Angeles this year. We're hoping to be there and do some stuff, but nonetheless, it's a big deal for everyone around the organization. What can you tell us about some of the stuff that's potentially incoming that you can tell us, of course, and more importantly, how excited are you and your team uh, to kind of get that bus going? Because that's going to be a hell of a ride. I'm very excited. First off, I will say that before I even uh, interviewed for this job, I actually had a vacation planned the week before the All-Star game. And as soon as I accepted the role, I immediately canceled it because I said, there's no way I can go on that. I have to be here to help because I know there's going to be so much going on and it's so exciting. Um, I will tell you, I have a weekly call with MLB um, about all the different activities and they're working on some incredible stuff. Um, some of it will be announced soon. Um, but I think you should expect it's LA. It's the entertainment capital of the world, right? So I think you should expect some fun filled activities, some great um, just involvement from perhaps some former players. And um, I think everyone will be excited. I know the celebrity softball tournament is going to be great um, or game, sorry. And I think, I think it'll be very exciting. And I think all eyes will be on LA for sure. Then. Oh, easy enough. And then uh, with that, I'll toss it over to my friend Juan so he can do some rapid fire and end the show as we always do. Uh, before I do that, Alicia, you got anything? 
No, no, no. I don't. I we're coming up on the time, so. Um, we're we're, we're going to end the show the way we always end the show, Nicole. But I, I do have some rapid fire ones for you. So you not only did you work for the show pods, but you also worked for the Metropolitans of New York. Now, were you working for them when when Justin Turner was uh, in the in missing in action over there in the in the uh, witness protection program? <laughs> yes, I was there when Justin Turner was there. I actually, when I joined here, I went up to him. And I was like, you probably don't remember me um, because, you know, I was, I was a coordinator then. But um, yeah, it, it's fun. It's honestly, it's incredible to see what he's done with his career. It's so impressive and how successful he has been here. And it just shows really any other athlete that don't give up that you can keep you know you never know you just need the right opportunity you need to be in the right place at the right time and you can you can succeed so yes i was there when he was there and it's completely different now <laughs> well i was gonna say that's kind of rare because you were able to see him in one stage of his life yeah. as the and now you see him you know, established more towards the end. What did you, what do you think is the biggest difference from when you saw him with the Metropolitans as to now? The amount Other of than the length of his beard. The amount of media requests I get for him. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we obviously get a ton of media requests now. Um, no, but um, I, I honestly, I can't really say. Uh, he, I, I just, I remember him being very nice when I was there too. I, I In terms of playing, you know, I think he just, like I said, I think he got the right opportunity at the right time when he came here. And really, he he's a very hard worker. I think everyone knows that. He he really dedicates himself to um, to being a successful baseball player. And that's his job at the end of the day. So, And he's great to work with. I mean, he will do almost any media interview we ask him to do. Um, it's actually, basically all of them. Um, and if he says no, it's genuinely because he doesn't have the time or there's something else going on or he's committed to something else. So um, he's wonderful to work with. And I, it's, I'm very happy for him. And I know he was very close with um, with Shannon, who was my former boss, who unfortunately passed away from breast cancer a few years ago. Um, but everyone, everyone loved him there too. So um, it's it's great. It's come full circle for me. <laughs> Jump in here, Alonzo. And one thing I forgot to ask you is uh, uh, about media requests. Who do you get the most media requests for? I, especially with a team like the Dodgers, that that for me is an intriguing question. Um, I mean, Mookie gets a lot. Freddie, just obviously because Freddie's new to LA, people are yeah. reaching out, and he's from here and everything. Um, Dave gets a lot. Really, everyone, you know, there isn't anyone that I can say, oh, we never get a request for him, um, which is great. That's good that people, the media is really trying to get to know all of the players versus just three of them. Um, right. So, yeah, you know, Mookie, Freddie, you guys can guess, Justin. The usual suspects, yeah, per se. You could say. But but honestly, everyone gets them. So it's good. It's, it's really good. Nicole's being polite. We all know Chico is the one who gets the most media requests because there is the legend of Chico. Uh, Nicole, I, I have to ask you about this. So you worked for Tops? I did. Yes. Yeah, so um, my whole career has really been a series of recommendations, someone recommending me, and that's really what happened with the Dodgers too. So when I left um, the Mets, I went to work not in, not in PR. It was at player licensing, which is actually very helpful for my career because I was negotiating directly with um, 
the players' agents, and not just in MLB, but um, you know, NFL. I actually helped start the Olympic trading cards that Topps has. I worked on that deal um, with a friend of mine in LA, so that was fun. Getting to it was for the 2012 um, Olympics, and I actually came out to LA to do signing sessions with all 50 athletes. They all said yes. I mean, Michael Phelps, everyone, all the big names. So that was really cool. Um, and then when I was there, my old boss from the Mets, not not Jay Horowitz, but his boss, David Newman, he actually called me and said, hey, Showtime is looking for a PR person in boxing. Um, and we have, we had just signed Canelo um, Alvarez, another for another Mexican um, to be a fighter at Showtime. Um, and so that was incredible getting to work on his fights and, you know, the Mayweather fights. We had Floyd Mayweather, too. So. Um, got to experience a lot in boxing. Boxing is a very interesting sport. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then when I left, when I left Showtime, um, someone, a former colleague from the Mets called me, a different person, and told me NYCFC was looking for someone. So I went, you know, and I worked there. And then when I left NYCFC, it was really because I was pregnant with twins and I was traveling so much. And I secretly just wanted to come back to California. And I knew it was the only way I could get my husband to move back to California was, hey, I'm pregnant with twins. COVID's coming back. I know it. And it's going to be winter in New York. We got to go. It's just one year. And then literally, I'm not exaggerating. I have the emails. Um, Three days before I was scheduled to have my C-section, the Dodgers emailed me to see if I could set up an initial interview. Five days after I delivered my twins, I had my first zoom interview with them um and everyone's like you're crazy how are you doing for a job and i was like honestly if it wasn't the dodgers i wouldn't i wouldn't even do the interview i'd said no to some other ones and then um but i you know what i have to i have to give so much credit to the dodgers because it just shows how wonderful of an organization they are and how much they value um women and just everyone as a whole because they knew that I had just delivered twins and I'm sure there are many other companies that would say you know what why would we want to hire someone that just had kids like she can't do this job she's going to be too busy um and they knew and they didn't care you know and that just really that says everything that I need to know about the organization so it's it's been wonderful working here I have amazing colleagues. I meet new people every day because the front office is so big, but, um, but yeah, and it's a very family friendly organization too. So it's good. <laughs> Who has a better job interview story than that one? Huh? I know, right? <laughs> Honestly, when I tell people that, they're like, what? Why are you such a topper, Nicole? Why couldn't you just, you know, be satisfied with working for the Dodgers? You got to make up this story of, uh, well, I had just delivered a baby and I came I, in. I honestly don't even know how I how I did those interviews looking back. I, if it hadn't been on Zoom, what? I think it would have been more challenging. <laughs> it's so, because you're a woman and that's what women do. We get it done. We find ways. Job. We make it happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, right, so here we go. We're getting to the the, the last question. Um, also, you, you said your your cousin and your uncle are redheaded six footers. So you are related to Canelo, aren't you? I, right? We used to joke about that all the time. I used to I would show him pictures of my family and say, you, "You're clearly part of my family because you look just like them, except you're shorter and much more active and you know <laughs> sporty than they are." But you know. <laughs> So we had uh, Sarah Langs on the show and she talked about that taco place in Chelsea Market. Oh. She raved about the taco de nopales. 
She oh. says they don't they don't give you utensils. It's just literally like food that you go. So I don't know if it it's the same place that you talked about. But I don't think it is. But now he, next time I go to New York, I have to go there and ask them why they don't give utensils. <laughs> well, here us on the Bleed Lows podcast, not only are we about the Dodgers, but we're about LA, but we're about taco culture. So now that you've come back, and you're a good person to ask this because San Diego has really good tacos too. So let me, I'm going to ask this question a little differently. Okay. Normally we ask, what is your favorite taco and where do you go in the city to get that taco? So I'm going to add a question to you. Which one has better tacos, San Diego or Los Angeles? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, honestly, I'm not, I'm not just saying this. I, I don't know. They're both, I don't think one is better than the other. I think. The, truthfully, actually, in San Diego, I go a lot to Tijuana to get food too. My husband and I actually. Tijuana doesn't count. That's the champion. Know, That's the one that we know That's we can't cheating. compete with. <laughs> That's no, cheating. We went, I know. We actually went to dinner there last Friday just on a whim. Like, oh, let's let's go to dinner. It's 25 minutes away. because I'm actually still living in San Diego. Um, I'm moving up finally. That's another added thing. You know, I'm moving up finally um, this month. But uh, so I've been coming back and forth um from san diego but no i mean it please tell me what the best taco places are in la because i've gone to some but i don't i would love to go to whatever you recommend honestly there, there's some places that are really close to the stadium yeah. uh we've had guests on the show had that have re recommended it i love it too uh el russo okay. is right up the street there right from, <laughs> el russo is right up the street from S sunset leaving vin scully way if you make okay. a right onto sunset You'll run into El Russo. There's also a truck on Sunset off of Vince Scully Way called Teddy's Red Tacos. Oh, if, you're a, yeah. if you like birria, that, that's, that's the move. Right. That's the place yeah. to go. I mean, I those are the, my. It's a molita. Yeah, those are those are my uh, my my favorite there. But you are a professional, man. She, how many questions did she work her way out of? I mean, she knows what she's doing, doesn't she? I mean, when you're a VP of comms, that's what you got to do. You got to know how to dodge it, like in the Matrix. <laughs> also, another spot that uh, that Juan omitted, uh, Quisados, which is right there across from Teddy's. Okay. Uh, that place rips. Uh, they have a great uh, just everything. Everything's good there. You can uh, get the sampler plate. At yes. Gustavo. And you'll get they're tiny, but it, they're all delicious. So if you can't make up your mind when you're looking at the big menu, get the sampler and it's a bunch of wonderful little tacos. OK, I'm definitely going to go. And I'm yeah, Nicole, this is a show. We just want to be a positive taco influence in people's yes. lives. So we, we are doing we are just doing the layman's work here. Yeah. yeah. And we, I mean, truthfully, we're, we're a part of the demo, right? We're Mexican. Alicia's not, but Juan and I are fat. And we have to have to, you know, stick to the stereotype of, you know, baseball activities and taco activities and continue to be that positive taco influence on not just our friends, but our guests. Perfect. I love it. I'm going to go check these places out and I will send you an email. Please, please. <laughs> hey, we... episode too. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The second episode, when you come back, maybe we could even do it in all Spanish. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, and then we could see how good you are in the in the Spanish matrix when it comes to the uh, the, the questioning. Uh, <laughs> Nicole Singer, if uh, if the people want to follow you on the socials, where can the people find you? Um, my Instagram is Nicole, my husband will be happy. Nicole.c.singer. <laughs> I that finally a couple years ago. Um, I keep referencing him. I'm kidding around. I, I love him very much. Um, 
And then I actually think my my Twitter's still Nicole Chayette. Um, let me look. Nicole Chayette. I believe Nicole it Chayette. is. Yeah. Yeah. I never it's changed still- that. That I'm not going to change. <laughs> Apologies to your husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, follow yeah, her. I, I do talk to some of the fans. I mean, I will say I'm, I should be more active on Twitter. Um, I, I just look a lot at the news, but I don't necessarily tweet as much as I should. So you don't feel bad because I'm the same way. I'm the okay. exact same way. Yeah. The cesspool that is Twitter is an interesting. You're doing it right. Like, You're doing it right, Nicole. You're doing it right. You never win on Twitter, right? Hundred percent. Because everyone will say, f- even even when I announced uh, my, my big announcement that I was joining the Dodgers, there were some comments that I was like, "Come on, you know, it's just people are silly." Yeah, but no, um. Yeah. But yeah. Somehow, some way, you will end up in someone's fight club on Twitter, even just by liking a tweet. So, so you don't don't even take it personal. Yeah, uh, Nicole Shayat Singer, uh, the VP of Communications for the Los Angeles Dodgers. She's a real one. Go follow her. We look we're fo- we look forward. Dang, English is hard to having you back uh, yeah. and and catching up with you. Maybe even after the All Star game, after that chaos yeah. ensues. And uh, and and again, thank you for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, I very Thank much appreciate it. I, I, Thank you for having me on. It was it was fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, before we set everyone loose, got to pay the bills. Uh, this episode was presented by our friends at Bet Online. Uh, they're the number one source for all your your sports betting needs. Go to their website, BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code, which is Believe B L E A V. You will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your initial deposit. It's that easy. Huge thanks for them for presenting. Go follow Nicole, go follow Juan, go follow Alicia, go follow me. Uh, from your boys, Alonso Juan, Babyface Gimmick in the Sky, Roger, and Alicia, we will catch you on the next one, and go Dodgers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.